Hello to all my gamers, geeks, fellow D&D freaks, and welcome to yet another session of Nat One Adventures. I kind of hear myself echoing a little bit. I don't, I don't know why. Maybe wait, echo, uh, echo, echo. I don't know. Okay. Okay. All right. We're good. Ah, uh, da, 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 da. Anyways, yes. Hi, hi. Uh, my name is Dave. I'm not the DM. I am a DM, but I'm not the DM for tonight. We are back in the world of Far Strider. It's been a hot minute. Thank you for being patient with us. We've been doing a lot of stuff, and life happens. What you're listening to is an earworm podcast, and is found alongside other podcasts in the Earworm Podcast Network. That's Worm, as in W-Y-R-M, the little dragon that sometimes flies, doesn't. But anyways... Uh, sister podcasts are Dungeons and Discord and Leave the Quest to Me. Hell I have, yeah! I have a shit ton. Well, no, 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 I'm too short of a shit ton. I have a bunch. That's well, more than a bunch. <laughs> I have a plethora a that, lot. That, that, that might work. Okay, a, a, a collection. Okay, it's not a I have a collection of links down below. A gaggle. That's more than a gaggle. Like, this is what collection. I deal with. I'm in a fireball. I'm fireballing this campaign right now. All right. All, all of them below lead to some fun things. Please check them out. Um, my shout out is for uh, onlycrits.com. If you look down below, there is a code that you type in EARWORMPOD in capitalized letters with a Y, not an O, for 10 to 15% off of dice and dice accessories. So go and check them out. Um, I have some nice stuff from them, and I utilize it constantly, both as helping my character survive and as tormenting my players. So, um, I have all those things, and like I have been throwing out, go and check out two others that I want to toss out there, which is um, that big D&D energy, if you like a lot of that's what she said, or that's that's not what your girlfriend said. All kinds of fun chaos stuff like that. You want to check them out? Go check them out. Aaron Mann is a fantastic DM. You got a bunch of episodes up. Go check them out. Um, and for the other one, um, the uh, Crit Out of Luck, the last song of Arcadia. Looks like they might start ramping up now that it's coming towards the end of October, so I'm hoping that means they're going to increase their episodes. Go listen to them. They, um, they're very, very descriptive in what they do, and it's just a pleasure listening to their cohesion, and I can't, I can't nominate them enough. Um, go and check them out. So uh, I think that is just about everything that I have. And I will go ahead and uh, toss it over to the DM of the night. Hi, Faye. Um, Hi, Raspy. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. You can enjoy Excellent. the recliner now. Uh, that's okay. I got my throne. It's all decked <laughs> out for tonight. So! The recliner's better. Sure. Whatever you need for your back. You yep. understand. Yep. <laughs> that happens to get um, old. <laughs> so, Faye was an old... Talking about chill, calm down. We'll get to you in a second. Just give me a minute to be the DM and be in control for a minute. I'd like to enjoy this. Um, <laughs> so I am the Nat One artist and soon to be cartographer as soon as I start on all of that stuff. So be sure to look forward to that as things begin to 
ramp up and change in Persia. And um, I shall be your DM tonight. And um, I have some people to introduce you to, but you already know them all. You've listened to the other episodes, right? Cool. Hopefully. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. We're going to start with Azzy. Oh Azzy plays Amari. And do you have any shout outs for tonight? Nope, just really, really needing this tonight. So I'm really excited to get along with it. We're vibing with that. Absolutely. All right. And now we're going to move on to Aki, who played Maylin in Campaign 1, plays Lilith in Campaign 2, and will be joining us tonight as Cassie in tonight's game. Do you have any shout-outs and announcements? Uh, just my normal... Uh... Be yourself, guys, and thank you for listening, being here for us. Um, and along with what Azzy said, tonight is honestly really needed. Though I'm probably not going to be here for very long, but I will do my best. Nice Back ears, you, by the way. Oh, shush you. <laughs> okay, well, this is back to me, and I'm apparently next on the list. I shall, you know, tell you to scroll on down and click on that Patreon link so that you can get early access to all of the art for Nat 1 and Ooh. the characters and all of that fun stuff. Ah. You might even start getting access to exclusive stuff, guys, like comics of the RP that happens outside of session. Yeah, it's it's pretty exciting. Uh, Wait, yeah, does so that exist? Definitely scroll on down and click on that. <laughs> I no, hope Riley, to see you there. Totally doesn't. <laughs> And uh, I hope to see you guys there. Uh, if not, well, oh, oh well. But anyway, we're gonna skip on to our lovely Riley, who played Aurora in Campaign One, is currently playing Eo in Campaign Two, and will be joining us tonight as Lasara. Hello, announcement. Hi, I'm Riley, and uh, yeah, I um. A little, a little known fact about me is that I love dice. Um, I uh, consider myself a collector of dice. So um, if any dice? listeners want to send me, like, a set. Calm down there. Um, that'd be no, awesome. No, no. That'd be really awesome. But, don't be your addiction. But there are naysayers. She is obsessed with dice. Since Get there it right, are naysayers, um, instead, I am going to have to bring in Crystal Maggie, our sponsor for today. Uh, or not for, not today, uh, tonight. Um, they are fine purveyors of dice. <laughs> um, they are fine purveyors of uh, glass and gemstone dice. Um, you can find them at uh, crystalmaggie.com or their Etsy shop at uh, etsy.com slash uh, Crystal Maggie, uh, and, uh, yeah, and because of, uh, since Crystal Maggie has been a, uh, a long-time, um, supporter of, uh, Nat One Adventures, I have a little poem for, uh, you know, in celebration. Um, I did that on Campaign 2, but, you know, we'll just, you know, we'll just do it for Fun Strider, just for funsies. Um, <coughs> dice are red dice are blue i got mine how about you dice are purple dice are black take them to the pool or eat them as a snack 
This ad is almost over. Remember to grab your dice baggie. And as always, the po- this podcast is sponsored by Crystal Maggie. Back to you, Faye. Thank you for that very interesting advert and lovely poem. I hope it was riveting. Uh, it was certainly interesting. It, um, was, it was It was something. It was something, all right. I liked that. it. It was something. <laughs> And we're gonna skip right on over to our lovely Katie, who is our lore master for Persa, and she'll be joining us tonight as Nox. Hello. Hi. Do you everybody. have any shoutouts that you'd like to give us, or you know, announcements or things that you want to shout out to the universe? I do. I do have a shop. Um, it's a bit. It's a nerdy um, apparel shop. Um, the link's gonna be in the bio. Um, where you can get shirts, mugs, stickers, masks, uh-huh. hoodie. Wow. So if you want to be a DM and you want to kind of put, uh, lay down the law, you can get the iconic My Recliner, My Rules. It says DM of the Night. I have them in t-shirts, uh, tank tops, hoodies, and other apparel as well. Um, I also have Do Not Disturb DM or... I'm fine. I'm just tired. Yes, I am sure. If you want to go ahead and put your head on your desk and you don't want anybody to disturb you and like, hey, are you okay? That's a perfect hoodie to put on. <laughs> uh, and I also have many other things. Uh, check it out. Hell awesome. yeah! That sounds amazing. Thank you so much for letting us know about that. We're, who knows? Some of us might already have the uh, My Recliner, My Rules shirt. I'm looking I at wonder. you, Raspy. I, wonder I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm not even here. Thank you. <laughs> really? Really? <laughs> you can try that is going to be on the next shirt. That is going to be the next shirt. I'm not here. As right, a we're going to John Cena it in this. No, no, it's here, just so. in my mind because of my 10-year-old who loves wrestling. So it's just sure. like, I'm mm-hmm. not really here. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. All right. I see you. I totally believe you. <laughs> all right well let's get us all back on track and raspy do you actually have any announcements besides from the ones that you did prior to handing the reins back over to me for tonight um so if those of you that uh are followers of cymerc that is p-s-y-m-e-r-c if you are followers and you are checking us out this is the alternate campaign where um, I get to take a break from being a DM, and I get to be a player for a little bit, and it gives Faye the opportunity to hop into uh, the recliner, which is a throne, technically, <laughs> um, and uh, just give another aspect of the uh, whole universe that we are creating. Um, and I hope that you enjoy your stay here. Uh, do us a favor. Um, I have posted at least one thing on TikTok asking what you'd like to see um, if you follow me. Um, same name that I have here. It's Raspy Screams on TikTok. Go click on that one and leave me a comment of what you'd like to hear, whether you want some blurbs from something really crazy um, that we all were cheering about or something that was incredibly stupid that we caught on the recording. I can post that as well. Or if you would like to, whatever. We thank you for coming here. And uh, we wish you love 
and uh, we hope that you enjoy your time here. Uh, you are family when you're here, so um, there's some drinks over there. Uh, there's a couple couches, and uh, we also you... have chips and whatnot. So be sure to make sure that you get your fill. There's mm -hmm. pizza, Booze. tacos. You know, yeah. just take kind off like your shoes, shoes. and if you leave your shoes by the door, yeah. if you're going to drink, give mm -hmm. me your keys. <laughs> and if or you need a hug or someone to to vent to. I'm here. here. We got you. We're here. We got you. We, we, we got you. That's got what you. we're here for. We're here to be your entertainment mm -hmm. on the whatever you're watching this on or listening to us on. CBS. No. <laughs> but that's, that's, that's all I got. That's, that's all I got. Simer, uh, we love you once again. Thank you for everything that you have done for us. And I look forward to more possible um, collabs with uh, with with them in the future. So, Ooh, secret back to you, guys. All right, then. Without further ado, I would like Raspy to tell us where we left off last night. <laughs> well, not last night, but you know what I mean. Last time on Forest Rider. <laughs> okay, so I will sum up because there's a lot of stuff here. Uh, we did some shopping. Um, kind of some off screen, some there. A couple of us got some cool things. Um, we ended up going, uh, to go and mess with, uh, Amari's friend, Velik. At least that's what the plan was. Uh, and we headed to the Prancing Pony. It's not that Prancing Pony! Okay, for those of you that know what I'm talking about. Okay, it's not that. Anyways. Um, I argue with him because we are extremely similar. And he storms out. And then I pay him to come back. And he <laughs> explains to us that he's been searching for his fiance, a wife-to-be. Um, and uh, we are introduced to a uh, now tag-along member because she's kind of stuck with us now. Um, Knox. And uh, we all... Had some cool interactions, and we're now going to spend the night, and I think it's possibly the next day, and we're trying to figure out what we're going to do. So that's the kind of the summed up notes that I have there, Chief. That is pretty accurate. Um, so I would like everyone to please roll me a die six. A die to begin six. tonight's session. We're going blood red, everybody. Because it rolled a six. Ah! I rolled a six, too. That's good. Oh. Okay. okay, so that's two sixes. One. 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 Cassie, what'd you get? Huh? Did you roll a d6? I, I rolled the six. I rolled the second six. A one. Azzy, what did you get? I got a one. <laughs> Oh god. Six 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 and has, one one. It has begun. Okay. For oh, three god. sixes. Please roll again. For Be my sanity. Six again. Six again. Four. <laughs> yep. Six four. And uh Katie, what'd you get? Uh okay, hold on.
roll again. I need to know which one of you were going first. Damn it. I mean, we can do rock, paper, scissors if you want. <laughs> There's no way I'm going to get another six for the third time. Hold on. I did. I will die laughing if you do. It's two. It's two. Okay. Excellent. So close to breaking the DM already in the game. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Raspy, would you please do me a favor and roll me a d20? How with the dice? What? Mm. <laughs> Trust me. Uh, Katie, am I used? Am I continuing with the blood red, or am I using the golden snitch? Do the golden snitch. All right. Gotta warm it up, everybody. Let's you hear this. Let's hope it doesn't fail him this time. Listen, Linda. Okay, I'm trying I, here. To be fair, I did not know that the goldfish did this. <laughs> no, but it rolled me a 17, and it's all sparkly glow. And it oh, excellent. Excellent. Mm, 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 mm. Can you please roll me a D100? What is going on now? Welcome to the it. land of rolling dice, where we start off by the heart DM going, I'm going to see what day, what month you're going to actually die. This is what's going to happen. I'm predicting it. I want to see what time you wake up, specifically, and what, <laughs> what state you are in. I rolled a 12. I was kind of hoping for a 13, but a 12. 12. All right. <laughs> Today is sponsored by Cheez-Its, where a lot of us are currently eating them because they are tasty. Yeah, right, all right. <laughs> okay. Can I have everyone please fall into silence for a moment? Um, Heiko, you go to bed in the tavern that night. It's very odd for you. Very strange feeling. And it is paid for by Velik. And... You go to bed that night, and it's restless. And you find yourself in a very awkward situation. Because you've never really had some, quite an experience like this. And given everything that has happened in the last 24 hours, this is rather awkward. Because... Never before in your life have you stood naked in the royal court. You are being stared at, mocked, judged for how your skin looks. Your skin crawls in an uncomfortable way as people stare you down, pointing, laughing, mocking. And when people finally realize that those scales on your skin are not tattoos, that they're real, instead of being mystified and awed. Instead, they're horrified and find you an abomination and they repulse by you and they scream and they chase you out. Your sleep is not restful that night. Fireball everything, just, just fireball <laughs> everywhere. Lightning, thunder, everything's gonna die. <laughs> Mock me at your peril. You are not in control of yourself or your dreams. I'm sorry. That's not how this works. Okay. Thank you, DM. Nox. 
Will you please do me a favor and roll a d20? Of course. Happy to. It's a dangerous are thing you, to say are, to your DM. It's a dangerous thing to say to your DM. It's a Especially when your DM is You have a very peaceful night. You have no dreams to speak of. In fact, you feel oddly at peace. Your mind is blissfully blank and a familiar void that does not create unease. Simply your existence as it always is. It's much better than a nightmare. A nightmare of being chased. And instead, blissful peace leaves you and you are here resting peacefully. Your sleep is wonderful. You wake up feeling refreshed. Yay! <laughs> Been a while since I slept that well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it has, actually. Alright. Cassandra, will you hey. please roll me a d20? Yeah. Seven. <laughs> Seven! <laughs> Excellent! You also oh, no. have a sleepless, dream. well, not sleepless, okay. dreamless night. I can fucking brain. You have a dreamless sleep tonight where you cool. are blissfully blank and even though you know that this should unsettle you the emptiness is appealing in a way. Something about it calms you more than you think it should because when you're awake the empty spaces in your mind have always unsettled you but here where you dream the oblivion of sleep is oh so inviting and comforting. And you wake up the next day, neither here nor there, but rested and ready to take on the next day. Azzy, please roll me a d20. Okay. Here goes nothing. A two. A two. Everyone Bless here is taking sleepless nights. <laughs> or dreamless nights. You have no dream. You are blissfully blank. You are so emotionally drained that your brain is just like, no, we're done. Mm -mm, over. And you sleep peacefully, cuddled up against Velik, who won't leave you alone. And... Thankfully, he does not toss and turn this evening, either. And he sleeps soundly, and so do you, and you wake up the next day. As refreshed as you can be from a dreamless sleep. Lasara. Hello. Please roll I mean, a d20. Uh, 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 Please uh, roll... <laughs> me 16 a, a 16 please roll me a d100 13 when you go to sleep that night you're in the arms of Onriel, and it's reassuring. She 
lulls you into slumber, and you expect that you'll have a lovely dream, probably about her dancing in the moonlight, as she has done for you so many times. And instead, you're greeted by a dark forest, a moonless sky, and you are alone. You reach up instinctively for your flower and your hair that Onreal usually resides in to find that it is not there. And you hear shouts in the distance. And then there's light. Eerie, and it's burning ember red. And a panic sets into your skin and into your heart as fear seizes you and you run. Mm. And you run as far and as hard as you can until your breathing is ragged and you are sweating buckets. And you collapse onto the earth. And when you call for her, Unreal does not answer. And there is a fear that holds you as you wait and you beg her to join you. And she doesn't come. And the shouting, the calls of your people grow louder. Abomination! Traitor! Sinner. They chase you. And the last thing that jolts you to wake is the sight of a torch being waved in your face. As dawn breaks and your eyes open to the sharp, harsh, golden glow onto your face. Onrail is there, and she begins to soothe you gently, wiping away your tears as you wake, assuring you that she will always answer your call. Always. Damn. You're the young. What are the rest of you doing this morning as you wake from your various states of sleep? Dreamless or awkwardness or sheer terror? Wasn't awkward for me. That pissed me off. Uh, DM, (laughs) would you like me to roll for a wild magic service? Absolutely. While he's doing that, quick question. Are we sharing a room or do we have our own individual You have separate rooms paid for by Velik. Wow. (laughs) So, wild magic. The exception of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For himself. Wild magic for himself. Yeah, I'm trying to see where. Of D20. Okay, so it tells me if you roll a one in my wild magic search. So you gotta hope that I roll on that one. Otherwise, the lower, the higher, less things happen. I rolled a 13. Alright. You rolled a 13. Like I said, it it says rolling a D rolling a D twenty and um basically it's each time utilizing magic. It starts off at one and then it will increase slowly each time until a wild magic search happens. So, um, I rolled a 13, but if there is something else that you think would be thematically amazing, I am down for it. 
I'm going to say that as you're waking and you're angry, as you come into consciousness, you begin to realize that your magic is trying to answer your unconscious call and you can feel the heat burning at your fingertips, begging you to let it free. And as you try to tamp it down, it resists you for a long moment. And you think that it's going to escape you out of your control when distantly you can almost feel a soothing almost purr-like sound echo somewhere deep in your soul and the magic settles in your skin and it fades until you feel yourself again and you feel in control so after that's happened for a couple minutes um i am soaked in sweat the bed sheets are soaked maybe either either wrinkled or and or slightly um singed and i stand up and as it's safe to assume there's like maybe a small mirror or something it has where, where like you can have um there's like a small section in your little rooms for all of you that has a little wash basin yeah that's what um, i'm talking about. And then there's, of course, there's the uh, waste bucket that you guys, you know what that does. Yep. And there's a little, um, actually surprisingly clean mirror that's hung on the wall just above that uh, wash basin. Um, I take, I walk up to it and I take some water and I pour it in the wash basin, wash basin. And I put my hands in it and slowly lift it to my face and splash it on my face, tell myself off, and I just look up and I stare into the mirror and just help to collect myself until it's time and then finish drying off, grab my things, and head out to where we had food last time. You head back downstairs from the second floor of the Prancing Pony into the bustling morning uh, rush, morning rush, the breakfast, um, where people are being offered um, a variety of different breakfasts, some including toast or cinnamon rolls. Some of them have straight up just breakfast burritos. Others have bowls of porridge, some have um, eggs, bacon, ham, breakfast sausage, the whole nine yards. Breakfast is catered to whatever you'd like, and you settle down for the uh, for the day, for the morning, I should say. And what are the rest of you doing? sluggishly getting up like you're like crawling out of the licks coat (laughs) i'm like i am exhausted physically and mentally from yesterday i didn't even do much but i'm just like i i didn't it was restful quote-unquote sleep but you know if you've ever cried 
for like hours. You know, exhausting. It's it's rough. It's rough. Completely so. valid. Completely valid. Uh, Velik is up at this point. He just seemed to have been waiting for you to wake up because he didn't want to disturb your sleep. Um, in which the moment that you are seeming to be fully conscious, he gets up, he walks over to the wash basin, he washes his face, he essentially fixes his hair, which was an absolute mess, from going to sleep. And you would think that for a brief moment, he is a prima donna, until you realize that it's really, he's just running his fingers through it to get the tangles undone, and then he just ties it off. He's like, okay, that's done. Good enough. Wash some water on my face. Slip the hair back. Tie it off. We're good. And then he turns to you as he walks over and he offers his hand out to you. I get... I get on it and I'm like... In which he lifts you up and he sets you on his shoulder and he starts downstairs. Okay. As as he's starting downstairs, I'm... You know, seeing your hair and whatnot. Finger, finger tangling at least. You know, just getting to where, like, wiping the crust from my eyes. You know, not necessarily making myself a prima donna like I had assumed he was, but at least <laughs> making it seem like I've been awake for longer than five minutes. <laughs> Fair enough. Cassandra, Knox, what are you doing this morning? Go ahead, Knox. Um, well, I, I kind of slowly get out of bed. I don't want to get out because it's been, like, a good sleep, like, for, like, a while. Because it's just being on alert a lot, even while sleeping. It's just, like, I don't want to get up. But, um, I, I get out of bed and I quickly look in the mirror and I, I don't bother brushing my hair or, uh, I just splash my face and then put the hood on the scarf hood and then make sure like a good majority of my features are hidden and I kind of slip open the door and I, I look both ways to see if anybody's coming and if the coast is clear I'll start heading out All right. to join the party you make your way down you see Heiko there you see Velik and Amari joining the table Amari's still fixing a couple of knots in her hair as she's Settled quite comfortably, it seems, on Velik's shoulder as he orders breakfast for everyone. And he's settled down. And he's smiling. And he seems to be in a much better mood than he had been that evening where he just looked drained and emotionally exhausted. As had Amari, who's looking a little bit better. I mean, she's still tired from the looks of it, but she seems to be doing a little bit better. And you take your seat, and breakfast is brought out to you. You have two enormous cinnamon rolls. Think like Cinnabon, but a little bit bigger. And just as ooey-gooey goodness. Um. <laughs> Cass or Cassandra, what are you doing this morning? Um, after getting up and going to the mirror, I um, pull not quite half of my hair, but more like a third of my hair back, and I uh, after detangling it, I <laughs> really <laughs> um and I our viewers they're they're showing their cheez its to their cameras. <laughs> I'm not here. Shh. <laughs> um and I 
pin it back, I fix, I put the uh, rose that was once in my, uh, next to my ear, neck back next to my ear. Um, and I gather my things. I make sure that uh, I still have my book. Well, not my book, but the party's book. And then I head downstairs. Okay. You see everyone gathering. So far, Lasara is the only one to not join yet. Lasara, what are you doing in your room this morning? Yeah. Um, I think as strong as I portray myself to be, um, this dream definitely um, got the better of me. So um, with, with it just being me and um, Henriel <clears throat> alone, I think it would just, um, I think I would just take a good amount of time to, um, to recover, um, lots of cuddling, lots of cuddling. <laughs> um, how long do you think you spend up in the room that has been think, rented for you? I think about an hour or so. Okay. 30 minutes to an hour um, just telling her what happened through uh, uh, in my dreams through um, through uh, through my tears <laughs> until um, I can finally right. uh, you know uh, hold myself like <clears throat> at a point where I think it's presentable um, grab my a uh, trusty greatsword <laughs> and uh, head down to, uh, to join the others. While you are up in the room, as soon as your tears begin to dwindle, she begins to run you through an exercise that you don't always remember that she does for you when you feel like this. Mm -hmm. Where she makes you practice calling for her. And every time she answers and draws just a little bit closer and a little bit closer until she is embracing you again, whispering sweet nothings into your ear and holding you, combing her fingers through your hair, soothing all of your worries and letting it, that stress and fear and anxiety fade out of you. And when you feel renewed and refreshed despite your awful night she smiles at you she gives you a chaste kiss on the cheek she cups your face in her hands and before she vanishes from sight she hums a little bit of a tune softly to you and you remember it this was the tune that she would dance to for you in the moonlight, and she, she smiles. She gives you another kiss. I will always be here, my love, always. You need not yeah. worry that I will not be here for you. I know that, it was just a- I am here, she puts her hand on your chest. Always. Nothing shall keep me from you. Nothing. And with that, she 
in a glitter of, or a flutter of, of flower petals, she becomes a beautiful necklace around your neck. <laughs> it's a rosebud. And it is a gorgeous, truly lovely, vibrant, bright red that fades to a pink at its tips. Truly lovely in its sight. And you know that she's trying to comfort you in the only ways that she knows how mm-hmm. to be a familiar weight on your chest. You find the strength in her reassurance, in her confidence that she will always be there to answer you. And she make your way downstairs. And as you do so, you make sure that the tear stains that had created very long streaks down your face are gone, and you have splashed water on your face. She just makes sure that there was no signs, there was no way that the party could tell what a mess you had been. And you... Come downstairs, and you have breakfast. Uh-huh. With the familiar weight of Onreal against your neck. Hey guys, what did I miss? <laughs> oh, you just missed uh, breakfast being served. That was all. Uh, we left a plate for you. Oh, yeah, uh, thanks. I, uh... Uh, I think I was just overslept or something. <laughs> um, that's brought out to it's you. Okay. You all enjoy breakfast. Breakfast. Uh, can I do uh, a perception check on Heiko uh, to see if he's sure. like? Go for it. I think I noticed him upset or anything. <laughs> Uh, 16. Uh, you're watching as the same bite of a fully loaded plate of food just seems to be moved around and around and around his plate. Staring absently into... And, uh, if you get close enough, there is almost this, um field of energy that seems to be radiating off of his skin that just raises it raises the hairs almost like static electricity on anybody that gets close to him and he's just staring at his plate Heiko? hmm yes what are you okay why wouldn't I be okay well you haven't eaten anything, and you just seem very upset. Ah. Uh, you, 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 you make a valid point. I did not sleep very well last night. And, uh, yeah, I suppose I should eat this, right? Yeah, alright, thank you. And he proceeds to actually just looks to be eating without tasting anything. I, 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 uh, I slide over my second uh, cinnamon roll and like hand it and slide it to him and um, just eat the other one. 
Fair. <laughs> Not even really paying attention. He just, it, more food is on his plate. He just ends up cutting into it and eating it. And then until the plate is empty. That dream, have... that dream shook him the fuck up. Yep. I think two of you can say the same thing yeah. about those dreams. Um, I will be honest, I was not prepared for those dreams to roll. When you said you got a 12, it was like, oh, you narrowly missed something else that's really sad, and then Riley proceeded to roll exactly the number you wanted. <laughs> which ended up being really fucked up, and I was like, no! This is horrible! I feel terrible! Uh... <laughs> Um, Damn. anyway. Thanks, Sam. <laughs> um, grab my hands at that point. Dice said what they wanted to say. Do it. Do it, Azzy. <laughs> you know what? Azzy, go ahead and roll a dex check. <laughs> uh... Uh, forgive me because I am new, still new to D and D Beyond. Is am, am I just hitting the number just by my saving your, throw? Not the saving throw. Well, your stats uh, at the top, Dex. Okay. That's uh, a uh, eleven. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> <laughs> You're tired. You're really, really tired. And, um, you're a little eager to eat. And you know that you should be compensating for the fact that you're eating while on someone's shoulder. Velix, to be exact. Velix's not exactly merciful to you when it comes to eating. Especially in the morning. He could be pretty much a grouch when he doesn't eat in the morning, and you know. Because you've experienced how caves when he hasn't eaten in the morning and it is awful so you're not really concerned when you see that he is currently devouring his breakfast and you find yourself teetering a little bit and you try to correct yourself but you're this man the best fucking thing you've had all fucking day and after such a long and emotional roller coaster of yesterday you kind of need this today and then you tip just a little too far I land in his porridge? Yes, please. And you land face first in your own breakfast. On the table. <laughs> in front of Velik. As he turns to look at you. As he is currently devouring his breakfast burrito. And he stops in his eating to admire the absolute mess you have made of yourself as you have fallen face first. And have now drenched yourself in your morning porridge. Question. Yes. Would I have been sitting next to Velik and or in between? So that way, when Amari falls with her porridge, it technically lands over on my side where I'm absently eating. And then I proceed to start trying to eat the food that Amari is in. And I stick her with the spoon. I would like you to roll a d4, and before you do, I would like you to call odd or even. Um, I'm gonna go with my favorite thing is, is I like to be odd. So we're calling odd. So here, here, look, okay. see? Right there. The blood. Yep. A three. Oh, yes, no. you were, in fact. 
sitting on that side, and as she falls face first into her porridge, it goes everywhere. And then you feel something hot hit your leg. And today could not start any worse. <laughs> Please roll to see if you have a magic surge. Oh boy! No, now, now no, it's gonna, no, no. yeah, now it's gonna be on a one or a two. All right, it's gonna fucking build, people. Oh no! Oh no! This is not good. Roll a four. <laughs> Wonderful. You barely managed to maintain yourself and your magic. And for those at the table, you can see it begin to happen. The churning in his gaze as magic begins to soak into his form. And the skin around his scales begins to glow and his eyes begin to flicker and, and illuminate with his growing agitation. And as he closes his eyes and takes a very deep breath, Amari, you're looking up from your porridge going, Oh shit, I done fucked up! You see him very carefully. Just pick you up, set you on your feet, away from the mess. And he takes a napkin, and he starts cleaning himself at the table. And you know that he's doing this to try and calm himself, and when he's done, he just flicks the napkin onto the table. Pushes back, his plate is clear. Aside from one porridge-covered bite. I do I cast- I you're angry. You're I'll... frustrated. I do cast Prestidigitation to uh, make it so the napkin itself folds itself. And um, then put everything in there. And I calmly stand up and I go, If you'll excuse me. And uh, just- Walks outside. Fair enough. I'm going to follow. Alright. You follow him outside. And as she's trying to say, wait up, that's when she gets up and quickly follows. Alright. What are the rest of you doing at the table? Mari is like... Flinging it off because it's probably covered her entirely. Thankfully, and... due to high coast magic, uh, the prestigitation had taken all of the porridge that was covering you and making a mess of the table and had gathered it into the napkin and saving you the trouble of trying to get it off of you. Thankfully, the beholder let that go. You realize as you look up and he's there and he's just like, oh, you poor thing. With one of his, it's just one of his eye stalks has moved to to cover his very large center eye, and you can just see his very large, ginormous mouth, full of very dangerous teeth, just kind of turn in that like, oh my god, this 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 pixie is gonna be the death of this party, and I feel so bad for them, but at the same time, so many fucking funny stories to tell. Um. I turn to Vel, and I'm like, this is partly your fault. Excuse me? This is partly your fault! You knew I was on your shoulder! We're not seriously going to have this conversation right now. We will have this conversation eventually. Believe what you want to believe, but I'm going to agree to disagree. 
You're such a jerk sometimes. I'm gonna go get a fresh bowl. You, I take that with pride. She she gets up and goes to get another bowl because hers she she barely got a few bites before it was all over Heiko. So yep. <laughs> all right. Lothara, what are you doing as you sit at this table and have breakfast? I'm just... <clears throat> I notice this. Do I? Yeah, you watch this whole thing go down. Yeah, I'm just hiding behind... I, I'm, I'm just hiding my face behind my food. Just... Just trying my hardest not to just burst out laughing. <laughs> at the whole interaction. Valid. Valid. And Nox, what are you doing? Is that all just went down in front of you? Um, I was going to get up and follow him, but then seeing Cassie, I'm like, not my spot. So I, sat, I slowly sat back down. But I watched both of them leave with a little bit, little bit of a worry and concern expression, but I don't say anything and just, I guess, remain in my spot. And when, um, Azari was arguing. I was like, kind of like slightly panicked with the with it. So I was trying to. I was like, what? <laughs> Hands up and down. Like, not sure what to do. <laughs> All right. All right. Like, strangers Fair are fighting. I don't know if I should be here. Fair and Outside, Heiko, you are accompanied by Cassie as she follows you out. Heiko, are, are you alright? I'm having an absolute fantastic start for my day. How about you? She kind of just tilts her head, giving him the look of, please, please don't do this. Please, please don't try to persuade me. <laughs> He's no, a no. very attractive half-elf, half-dragonborn. If you feel that he would be affected, or that you would be affected, your character would be affected by his appearance, go no. ahead and roll a wisdom saving, or uh, a wisdom saving throw. If not, you can ignore what I just said. It's not, it's not, that's one of those things where you're like, I'm doing great today, how about no. you? Sarcasm <laughs> is, is, is I, how I'm aware, I, I'm okay. aware. <laughs> um, he, uh leans up against the front of the um, prancing pony and just kind of looks up. You know when you've spent most of your life proving people wrong and how you are for certain know deep within you that it's that you've overcome it, and then it just takes one memory, one stupid bloody dream, and you're right back at the beginning. Sam, would yep. I know this, like? Roll a wisdom saving throw. Oh boy. But this time not for his attractiveness. <laughs> Oh boy. My suave and debonair. 14. 14? Yes. You're thinking about it as he's talking, and for a long moment, 
you're somewhere else again. You're having a, a very strange feeling. And for a brief moment, you wish you were back in that empty void that you had when you were asleep. But instead, you find yourself perceiving not the busy street in front of the gorgeous marble building that makes up the prancing pony. And instead, you are walking through a great hall, through a fortress deep in a mountain. And you peer out the window and your very sensitive ears perceive people whispering about you, about what you are. You can't remember what they said, but you can feel your seething frustration and how <clears throat> vexed you were that they were so arrogant and foolish and so concerned with appearances and superstition. And yet you were here proving them wrong every single day. And as you come back from that, repulsed by the feeling because you've never felt this way, and yet your heart tells you that you have, you are brought back to the moment. Heiko, if you would like to make an insight check, you may. I like to do insight checks, like to know people, right? I'm not that good at them, but you know what? Might be lucky. Alright, let's stop here. Alright, so we're gonna go with, we're gonna go with 13. As you're talking, it's almost as though Ca uh, Cassie has gone to another place, <clears throat> another time, whole different scene. And by the time you finish talking, she comes back and the expression on her face is of empathy and compassion. And you know in that moment that she has, in fact, experienced what you are referring to. Even if she might not understand it by the furrow in her brow. And the concern in her eyes. I... Yes, I... I do know what that's like. <laughs> um... <laughs> and... As... As her voice kind of trails off, she just looks to the side, almost... not quite avoiding his gaze, but more... to tell him that she's there for him, even if she doesn't know what to say. I take a breath, and looking at this over, I just take one of those, okay, and um, I leverage myself up off the wall, I reach across, and I lightly grab one of her hands, and I bring it up to my lips, and I give it a quick kiss, and I go, I keep a chicken on me, let's, it'll pass, let's, let's go inside and get this going because I, I feel as though we're going to need some more supplies but thank you and he gives your hand a gentle squeeze before releasing it and um, motioning uh, to follow him inside Cassandra please make another wisdom saving throw oh no 
Thirteen. You gotta make sure you don't fall. <laughs> it is not Heiko who just kissed your hand. Oh. What? <laughs> As your vision changes, you are in a grove. Standing before you was a druid. And you know this man. Oh no. You don't know why. You've never seen him before. And he's kissing each one of your fingertips. You only feel one in that moment. And your mind tells you that it's Heiko. But your heart is singing as you see not Heiko, but this druid. And for a moment, you're lost. And the moment that your hand is squeezed and you are released, your mind corrects itself and you are standing in front of the prancing pony as Heiko walks inside. You heard nothing of what he said. She kind of stares for a moment before assuming that he mentioned something going, uh, something about going back inside. And in that moment, she just remains silent and follows him inside, uh, mumbling something about wanting to take note of something. Heiko, if you'd like to roll a perception to see if you catch her mumbling, go ahead. A natural 19 plus. You absolutely stuff. catch her mumble under her breath. Easily. I mean, she's only a few footsteps behind you. You just, you just very softly, I need to note something down. As she walks behind you um, and takes a seat. I think she's talking to me, so I kind of, I, I, I nod my head and um, keep, keep uh, walking forward, thinking that. Because I just said, let's go in and let's check, and we got to get this ball rolling. And then she proceeds to say, I should write, I need to write something down. So it's kind of just a, just nod my head. Um, and yeah, I will... cool. All right, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. The party is rejoined um, once again at the, at the breakfast table. Is there any other breakfast shenanigans that we would like to address, or can we move on to the rest of the day? When Heiko comes back, Amari apologizes profusely, like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I should have been more careful. She kind of elbows, um, Belle to, to be Belle like, just you sways. had- Like, oh, you <laughs> actually hurt me. <laughs> Very dramatic like, acting, and you know that it's acting, it's terrible, it's super exaggerated, there's no way you could have made him sway like that. Um, and, but basically just apologizes profusely to him. Uh, he just, I just, I just, I just wave her off like it, it, it's fine, and um, I reach over and I very slowly because there's still, it's almost like it's in her hair where either Valak left it or couldn't see. There's still some forage, and I just kind of flick it off, and I go, "Don't worry about it. It's it's fine. Let's get back down to matters at hand, yeah." Um, Bellic, you don't have a whole lot of supplies, and I do believe that if we're going to be 
traversing, we need to stock up and make sure everybody's got rations well, and transportation. Do you have transportation? Do, do we need transportation? We will probably need transportation. I, as I told you the other night, last night, um, I walked and journeyed on foot everywhere, or hitched rides with caravans as I could. Um, I never really did much in the way of um, procuring myself my own mode of transportation. Um, rather, I did a lot of walking, and I had a lot of time to do so, as you might imagine. Uh, so, no, I do not. What did you have in mind? Well, I do believe that either we want mobility, then we need mounts for ourselves. Um, if it's just about going straight forward and carrying supplies, then we might need something along the lines of a wagon or cart. Um, I mean, both would suffice. It's just money. I am now tapped out and I still owe someone gold and look over at Lysera, um, but... Well, we could always do an odd job for someone around town, make money, or have them trade horses in a wagon or something for us. They'll make it easier. Totally just in freaking... A fast job. <coughs> a fast job for a fast cash. Like it? Um, something in town? Cassie clears her throat for a moment. Um, we could also talk to our friend. And Cassie kind of points to the um, catch. But we just got uh, gold from them, yeah? Yes, for the three of us. Well, four of us, including myself, but not for these two. And she points to Nox and Velik. Velik just goes, oh no, I'm not going to be a part of your mess forever. <laughs> I have a, a life to get back to as soon as I find my fiancé. You you don't you don't need to pay pay for me. I, I can pay my own way. I, I can do it. Well, you're gonna need something to ride, either a cart or something that you can fit on, or something where you can ride with one of us. Uh, either way, traveling oh. on foot is gonna take us twice the three times as long getting to wherever we possibly need to go. Well, we can always, like I said, find an odd job that will pay in other things. You know, odd jobs are how I've made my coin outside of school. So. Alright, what did you have in mind? I mean, do you got your eyes on something? Normally, I... mine is odd jobs for the headmasters and stuff like that. For a couple gold here, a couple gold there, doing stuff for my dad. Um, but. Well, usually I go to a, a board, uh, you know, for finding things. You know, people have requests, they'll post it on the board. Uh, there's a few in town. There's one in the Underdark Quarter. Go there sometimes. 
Uh, there's one by the Fountain, by the Adventurer's Guild. And then, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, there's one in the Sky Quarter, but I don't recommend that one. That oh, one will be hard to get to. No offense, but, mm. um, none of us have any wings. Yeah, I see. That's uh, a bit hard. Amari. <laughs> she doesn't count. I do- no. Amari always counts. I'm teasing. I know you are. Again, we've agreed to disagree, but at least you and I have come to a semblance of- I understand. Yeah, yes. Alright, so. Uh, DM, what would I feel would be the best course of action for going to one of these boards, unless somebody else would like to chime in? I do not want to pilot this campaign. I would- y'all can stop me at any time. I'm just really having fun. She's here for the ride, so she's, <laughs> she's pretty much gonna be bossed around. That's pretty much Nox, so go ahead. I'm just really invested in my food. <laughs> okay. Um... Oh. <laughs> I... Um... Go ahead. I, I was just going to say I, that I am going to um, open up the journal and start taking notes of the um, new party member, specifically of Knox, to okay. our fellow adventurer. Alright. And I will send what I write to you. Okay. So you opened the journey book and you begin writing. Yes. Excellent. You... Begin writing, and when you're done, you close it. Do you leave your hand on it after you're done? Yes. Roll a perception check, real fast. And Heiko, roll a wisdom check. Nineteen, artificial. Your perception check reveals that the book, which was once perfectly flat, is now a little bit ajar. Uh, 15 for me. You're thinking about it, the Sky Quarter is going to probably be things that you guys can't handle. No. At this time, a lot of nobility live up there, um, but also a lot of them have modes of transportation that will take them up. That is a very magic central or avarial, which for those who don't know are winged elves, um, fey folk, dragons, uh, that kind of stuff. Those kinds of folk that live up there. Um, so Skyquarter is probably not going to be where you want to go. The um, surface board, as it is often referred to, sits at the Adventurer's Guild in the uh, central plaza where the very large fountain rests and um, it will probably have things that you could do. The other option is you could go and visit Moonstone Magic to see if maybe you could do an odd job for her, for Kieran Denorn, the proprietor, or you can go to the Underdark Quarter, which might be a little odd, you don't know. It would be a journey as you've never really had a reason to go down there, and the Underdark Quarter is the Underdark Quarter. It There's not really much you know about it. You know that it's dark, and, and it's dank, and it's not really your style, and you don't go down there if you can avoid it. I did was... learn the language, so that way I can eventually go there, because my plan was for me and my father to extend business down there. 
uh, maybe open up a second shop. That was kind of my plan. That's why I learned the language. That's why I can speak it. Um, but I, I think to myself, and I go, no, that's more of a longer-term investment. That's probably not going to help us right immediately. And their their forms of traversing would probably be more underground-ish than it would be, or in the dark. Less, we're going to be out in the bright sunlight. Not to discriminate, but probably wouldn't work. Um, so I look at uh, Balak and I go, we can either two in the town's quarter, or there's the um, there's this place that we came from. Just just got set up, lots of things. We might be able to do an odd job to for her or her husband. And I mean, um, I motion over to the staff that I have. I mean, she's got some stuff. So that means that she might need some stuff. You know what I'm saying? I do. So, I mean, those are the two best options. Um, going to the underquarter, not going to happen. That's... I can get us there, I can speak, but it would be more of a long-term thing that probably no, would not work for us right now. In my humble opinion. Um, so it's up to the group. Uh... What would you like to do? Do we want to go back to, um, again, the name, you just said it, and the name escapes Moonstone Magic. Moonstone Magic. So Moonstone Magic, or we can go and look in the town quarter. What, what sounds better? I shall leave this up to you. Velik will do whatever you guys choose. I'm down for anything. Or yeah. Amari's down for anything. I mean, we could always go back and see if, um, if Moonstone Magic means anything. Plus, it'd be nice to look around again and see if we missed anything we may need. Pick up anything else that we're going to need later on down the line. Especially while she's still here, after all. <laughs> uh, I, I... Yeah, Sorry, okay. you're yeah, uh, I was gonna say I, so, I, I flick so, I flick something right at you to sit there and ping off of your uh, your armor. Just ding, just because you seem kind of like lost in thought. Just ding. What? Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Moonstone magic. Let's do it. All right, uh, Velik, you get to go and experience, like going to, uh, experience a new place. Moonstone magic then. Yes. Have you been yet? I've not, but I'm pretty sure it's hard to miss a 30-story tower made of moonstone. Well, yes, but I was just saying, if you haven't experienced it yet... It'll be quite the journey, I'm sure. You guys seem very excited to return. There's lots of shiny things. So, um... Sounds like my kind of place. I don't mind it. He gets a very knowing look at Knox, like, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I turn to Knox, and excuse me, listeners, I'm also eating. I, I do that thing. Um, I turn You're and... Right? I turn to Knox and I go, We would like you to tag along, and you get an opportunity to sleep in better places. And yes, I know you say we don't need to feed you, but clearly, and just indicates a table of empty dishes, and um, there's a 
there's got to be some glaze from the Cinnabon still on on her face. Um, clearly, better food options. So, would you like to tag along and get an odd job and earn some honest coin and help this bloke out? I don't, I don't mind helping, but this is the best sleep and food I had in, like, months, so this is the best I have. So, I don't think there's anything going to beat this. Oh, there's plenty more things. Instead of having to run and hide, getting to experience it without having to be forced away. Trust me. And, um, I stand, uh, I stand up and I hold my hand out and I go, would you like to go? I, I give a nod and then just take his hand. Uh, give, gives it a gentle squeeze and looks at everybody else. Let's go. Mm-hmm. You all gather, you finish up your meals, that like cleans things up for himself. He pays. And if you guys will look at the map, which is we are viewing on roll twenty. Uh you guys Please sponsor us. <laughs> we you guys uh depart from the massive marble block that makes up the prancing pony out into the main thoroughfare that leads to the university and to the plaza. You all make your way east across the plaza to the thirty story Moonstone Tower that you all know and love to Moonstone Magic. Question. Upon entering... Yes? Sorry, I was a question. Was, um, two questions. Is the, the market really crowded, and also am I still holding uh, Heiko's hand? Are you uh, still holding Heiko's hand? I, I do still not holding that is not my, uh, That's not my... If you, until you've let go... Okay. Until you let go, he's gonna hold your hand. Okay. So, so you're literally tagging along. As for the market, um, Pastrix is a bustling trade city. It is well known uh, for its trade because it is full of all kinds of exotic uh, things, and it's a cultural mixing pot um, in all of the best ways. But there are a few negatives to being in a mixing pot. There's still a lot of racial issues, but that comes with being a port city like this. So you expect the occasional racial slur that happens when people are upset, especially. But for the most part, they're immediately corrected by the guards that are passing by who are like, don't, don't fuck around. Look at your goddamn fucking rulers here. There are all different kinds of races and genders and identities. Don't, don't fucking throw that shit around. We'll kick you out faster than you even got in. Like, consider it done. Um, behavior from the guards who seem fiercely loyal to the Kastrixian royalty, in which you learn that Kastrix does its best to try and be as open and accepting of people as it, as it can be, especially since there's such a weird uh, power dynamic that plays out in this city. Um, the market is still bustling and full and thriving, and until you let go of Heiko's hand, he is still clasping your grip. So, um... What are you doing? You, so my, you're, you as a group are passing people. 
they're trying to kind of move around you the whole nine yards. Um, when we get in the crowd, like in certain like really crowded areas, like Knox nervously kind of squeezes um, his hand, how like just um, I guess for comfort or something, because it's a crowd. She's used to going in at night where there's not a lot of people. So a crowd during broad daylight, she gets a little. She's getting a little bit nervous and unsure of what's going. <laughs> like is she is it okay to walk through. Like should I make sure my hood's up? So her nervous. Her nervousness is like kicking in. Um, people, people clear the way for your group as you carve a path. Pretty much, you're pretty much carving your own path as this group. Uh, Heiko, are you leading them? Um, seems as though I am. And uh, noticing that she's Excellent. a little, a little uh, nervous, um, I, uh, I, I grip her hand tight when she gives it a squeeze, and I do. Um, cast press the digitation to almost cast like a wind, a little gust of wind right in front of us that uh, starts to kick up dust towards people and they'll move out of the way. So the way actually just kind of clears for us as we're going. So you see, um, you, you, you feel the little distant tingle of uh, magic, but you also see that uh, press digitation happens whenever... Uh, we go a certain amount of feet, and then the staff that I am holding hits the ground. So it's almost like you watch as something, boom, ripples out from it, and it just goes forward as presentation, and it glows. You all walk. Heiko, you're creating this effect that causes people to immediately carve a, a huge swath open for you, that you quickly use and navigate through, east through the main thoroughfare into the little less busy uh, bridge across to Moonstone Magic. And Nox, you're oddly pleased that he helped open the way and clear people away so that you didn't feel so claustrophobic and suffocated by the amount of people that seemed to just crowd around you and the others. And you breathe a little easier as you enter the first floor of the enormous building. Before we enter, I just like quietly thank him, say just thank you. And then like as soon as we walk in, my eyes just go wide and like the wonderment and how gorgeous the room is. For your first time visits, being Knox and Velik. Moonstone Magic is thriving. There are dozens of patrons currently navigating through, and of course, you can see Karen Denorn navigating as well. She is very pleased with herself. She begins her, her rounds across, but there's definitely an edge to her as she turns her head to talk to her husband who's walking at her side, his arm wrapped around her shoulders. As they're talking quietly amongst themselves as they are alone. And he lifts his head to look at all of you, in which he leans back down, does something to her, sets his hands on her shoulders and gives her a gentle squeeze before he steps away to go and help a patron. And then her gaze turns to you. And she waves. And whatever concern or frustration that seemed to be 
taking hold very visibly on her and her very emotive self fades in relief at the sight of you and she begins to wave enthusiastically and calls you up as she begins to move towards a set of stairs. Um, uh, since I seem to be still spearheading the party, I walk up and uh, in Undercommon, um, I, I give a slight bow and I say, um, morning's blessings to you. Um, we were wondering if we might be of service to you. I am so grateful that you um, asked that question because I do indeed have a task for you. Please come this way. I do not wish to speak it in um, the shop proper. I actually have a meeting room just up here. And she leads the, the lot of you upstairs beyond the third floor into the fourth floor where you are in a pseudo-grove-like space. There is a fake wisteria tree that hangs over the um, fake grass rug and the soft plush chairs that look like boulders or rocks or even a long log in which she sits down upon one of them and turns to all of you and gestures wide. Please take a seat, take a seat. I, um, <laughs> I have a little bit of a task. I promise that I have a great reward for it. It's just a little bit of an odd job, but, <laughs> you know, things and working a shop. What, what exactly are the um, requirements or uh, things needed? It shouldn't take you longer than a couple hours at most, if things go well, hopefully. Um, I need someone to go to the Underdark Quarter and retrieve a set of books for me. They should be they should be able to lock like normal books. Um like spell books or things like that. Um they should all be blank. You can get them from the book emporium. It should be hard to find. The the um store plate should be both in undercommon if you can read that or in common as well. So that should be available to uh, be seen and um whatnot. So um I would greatly appreciate it if someone could do that, and I shall pay you handsomely, because I know that going to the Underdark Quarter is not exactly everyone's favorite thing to do. So, if that's possible. See, so looks um, over to Heiko, uh, who had mentioned the Underdark Quarters before. Uh, well, you did mention something about the Underdark Quarters, uh, and... I'm guessing you know something about it. For those who have either lived here their entire life, cough, cough, Heiko, cough, cough, and those who are proficient, please roll a history check. <clears throat> Heiko, you can roll with advantage because you've lived here your entire life. Do, 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 do. I love here's, this shit. Here's a silly question, and would I be... Go ahead and roll. You were born here, but you don't get advantage. Okay. So just a straight roll? Yeah. Okay. 21, sir? 21. Nice. Nice. 24. 24, 21, and 4. Well, if you got better than a 15... We win! What do we win? 
you know that the Underdark Quarter has a little bit of a bad history as it is known that there has been a lot of guild wars. <laughs> Funny joke. Uh, down below. Hey. <laughs> For those who know what that joke is, I'm referring to the very old MMO game Guild Wars and the current Guild Wars 2, but that's irrelevant. Anyway, there's been a lot of Thieves Guild Wars um, in the Underdark Quarter, simply because it's hard to tack people down there. Especially since you've got Snurf Neblin, Deep Halfling, Strow, you know, the whole shebang um, down there that just absolutely goes nuts. And they thrive. The spy network that makes up the uh, royal court's fingers in the Underdark Quarter, no one really knows where they are. <laughs> they know they exist, but they don't know who or what they are, what they identify as. Instead, you just you go down there and you expect to be robbed. It's one of those things that you've been born and raised here. You know that. Heiko. It's mm -hmm. part of the reason why you've been like, uh, I don't really want to go down there, but... I, <laughs> I need to get I a little bit more to. proficient with my magic to defend myself right. before I go down there. Right. But you also know that in the last few years there's been a kind of tidal wave. The two of you know that there's been a tidal wave that has just washed over the Underdark Quarter, and now it is a singular Thieves' Guild that runs this place. And they have it like a well-oiled machine. And so that can either be good, or it can be bad. Um, I would turn to um, Kiernan and go, that's not a problem. You need, you said you needed Spell books? Blank? They look, they, they look like spell books, but they're really just blank books. Um, I use them to create journey books for the royalty of Kastrix for their selected adventurers, and they give one out. I have to, of course, make them in pairs. One book talks to another, etc., etc. Blah, 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 blah. And, you know, they, they communicate, and they're magical, and you can... Sometimes transfer small items between them. It's really interesting. Um, uh, anyway, and they can... Uh, so I need lockable books that I can turn into journey books and whatnot and use them. When uh, Kieran mentions something about small items being transferred between the books, Cassie's going to look at her at the book she's currently holding. You have a very sl a thin spot along um, part of the book where it looks like there's something wedged inside. It's thin, but it's still enough where the book doesn't close seamlessly. She's going to open the book. There is a patch. And she smiles. Ah, so like that. <laughs> oh, yes, exactly like that, actually. Um, and with that, she will pull the patch out, close the book again, and actually, instead of handing it to Nox, she'll hand it to Heiko. Well, Nox, I, um, messaged our friends. 
Um, what is it that I am looking at? It's the patches that you got um, the first session that you could put ah. on your armor and take off in exchange. There's another one. Okay, gotcha, 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 gotcha. Okay, cool, awesome. Um, then yeah, I'll take that and um, since we're currently waiting for someone who is doing life stuff, um, I will hold on. I will hold on to it, tuck it into one of my many pockets, um, and uh, nod my thanks and uh, look back at uh, Kiernan and go. Is there a, um, a specific place down there? Because the farther we go, the more we're going to run across possible interference with the singular thieves guild that's down there. That's most rumors that I've heard. Right. Um, well, we don't know whether or not it's going to be good or... There is uh, a exactly. bookstore slash library down there in the main plaza of the Underdark Quarter. And in there, it is called the Black, uh, the, the, not Black, the Book Emporium. Um, they should have gotten my uh, order and they should be waiting on it. They know that I don't really show up for these things in person unless I haven't set up shop, but it wasn't ready yesterday. So I have to get a runner or adventurers like you to go down there because uh, I don't really feel comfortable sending a runner down there. If you know what I mean. Nice. So. Um. We would be honored to help you out with this. I mean, you have helped us out so far. And I would love to continue relations. And maybe this will transfer over towards my father. But in the meantime, yes, of course. Uh, I don't know about the rest of them. But I feel as though we would be happy to accept this. And... Time t what timetable are you looking at? Sooner the better, or within... The sooner the better, if we can get it done today, hopefully, that would be wonderful. Of course, I don't necessarily need them today, but I would love to have them today. Um, then I can get started on turning them into journey books. Um, if... the order? The or... What was the question? How many is in the order? There are four like books how... in the order. From the Book Emporium. And, um... So, they should be able to procure that for you rather easily. I mean, the books shouldn't be too big. Maybe a little heavy because they're books, but... Do you know what I mean? Uh, in exchange, I have items set aside that I had procured while I was in the, uh... Elithian Caliphate, actually. Um, just across the sea to the east. Uh, just around to the north a little bit. Um... When I was visiting my son, uh, and his new friends, <laughs> um, and, uh, we... Uh, while I was there, I procured a curious set of items, and I don't know what to do with them, so... I figured I could use them as a reward for all of you, and... If anything else seems to have gone wrong, I can pack on a couple of extra things, I can round around the uh, door to see if there's any items or extra things that I can procure just in case, so how does that sound? That sounds fantastic. I mean, this would help us as uh, our friend in Points Over the Velik uh, is currently, um, we are helping him with his own thing, trying to find uh, his 
fiance that has been lost for a while, and transportation and gear would be most appreciated. So let us take care of this, and then if you would continue your generosity in helping us, we will by all means sing your praises to everyone and everywhere <laughs> we go. I thank you so much for the uh, offer of um, exposure. <laughs> I'm well journeyed myself, so I totally understand why exposure can be so important. Um, yes, absolutely. Uh, these items, I hope. I still need to go through them, and I know that they're magical. The person who sold them to me said so. Um, I just need to do a little bit of um, identifying, and I shall do that as soon as... Uh, you depart on this little journey, and I do hope, she turns to Belle, like, I do hope you find your fiancé soon. I know how hard it can be to, um, to lose someone you love. I, I almost lost my husband several times, so I, I fully understand. Um, but yes, uh, absolutely, I will totally have things arranged for you. I, I hope that these items are useful for you. So, absolutely, I'm fully, fully, absolutely, yes. And she's just very much like, I feel for you and your situation. Super excited. <laughs> I see this stuff. Let's go. Gotcha. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Yeah. Very um, much the eccentric merchant that you've met. Um, with with that, uh, Heiko slowly gets up and um, dusts off uh, the breeches and um, goes... Would it be too much of an interference in business if I had a word with your husband before we left? Otherwise, we can go right now. We have nothing planned, as no, far as I, I know. As soon as I return back out there, he can step aside and talk to you, if that's what you'd like. Absolutely, I'm totally okay with that. I'm sure he wouldn't mind. He actually wanted me to say hello, now that I remember. Thank you for reminding me of that. That was, that was a bit important. He's, he's a little bit of a shy guy. But it's okay, you don't have to tell him I told you that. Um, I, I, I smile and, and give a nod, and I look at everybody else. Um, if there's anything last minute you wanted to get from here, I'll only just be, like, a couple minutes and we can go, if that's right with everybody. And by me, it's fine. Yeah, I could always take a look around again. Excellent. Then I shall walk with you about the, um, the shop, and, um... You can go and speak to my husband. And she turns to you, Heiko, specifically when she mentions talking to her husband. In which she then leads you all back downstairs. And she calls to Nero, who turns and begins to approach. Um, and as she takes the rest of you away, Nero pulls you aside off to one of the little alcoves where... You actually, this is the same little space that you had um, made the selection of your gemstone rook piece that is currently on your person, Heiko. Oh, nice. Um, uh, you um, you needed something? Uh, be be before, as he's pulling away, as, you know, as in the transition, um, I take the patch and um, Nox, uh, I, I take the patch and I quickly grab your left arm and I slap it on there and hold it so you just feel the tingle on there and i go everyone else to explain i'll be right back don't worry okay go have fun and remember you you don't have to steal we have money 
you can buy and own stuff in here. Yeah? Yeah. Go. Have fun. Give us a couple light pats on the arm. And um, then uh, bows to everyone and walks off with Nero. So, coming back. Nero. Um, Can I do something? Uh, yes. Um, I had a personal favor. Um, as you know, magic can get you so far, but I was hoping to be trained a little bit more in the martial um, arts and uh, takes the staff that he has and he's not a he's not a noob he he, he twirls it around a, 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 a little bit and then plants it in front of him I'd like this to be more than just a channel for magic I would like to be able to use this to defend myself when magic fails is it possible for me to be taught by you I'm willing to do whatever is needed but it would be an honor to learn how to properly wield weapons instead of just knowing what they are and selling them you see a number of emotions cross his face and he chuckles as he takes a seat at the this table well, hear me out. Um, my affinity with magic is going to be very different from yours. Um, you're probably closer to my wife's style and the martial prowess that she wields. Um, she's a blade singer, clearly. You have the affinity, naturally, as an elf, or at least partially elf-leathered, to learn. Um, if you'd like to learn the, the the ways and tenets of a paladin, I will happily be your teacher, but if you're looking for a more balance and um, control maintained over your magic and being able to wield a weapon, I would have to ask you ask my wife. She's exceptional with both the sword and magic. I just feel as though this place is her life, and aside from you, it's all about magic and creation. I didn't feel as though that she'd want to take on a disciple. Um, if you would honor me by asking her if she felt I could learn, then by all means it would be my biggest honor. Uh, we are gonna do an errand for her in the Underdark Quarter and get those um, blank uh, spell-like books for her and we will return as soon as possible but if possible I can't I can only speak for myself but I know that many of my party would benefit from any sorts of teaching and or skills that could be passed along with both of your guidance. As you have this conversation with him, he takes a few moments in which he stands up and he motions for you to follow as he leads you downstairs and outside. And he, instead of walking out towards the, the city, he takes a right around this little courtyard 
that surrounds the tower. And he leads you towards a flower garden where there is a large stone obelisk that stands about 10 to 15 feet. And he brings his hand over the stone. He runs his thumb along one of the names. And then he turns to look at you. And it seems that he was pondering, trying to determine how best to handle the situation in his many years of adventuring and experience that he has had under his belt. And finally, he turns to you. Your party has plenty of potential. And I know several great people who would be willing to offer the help, especially to new adventurers. I can reach out to them. I can't be sure when they will return or when I will see them again. Uh, a lot of them have lives to live um, of their own and I understand and respect that, but um, I will definitely speak to my wife on your behalf and if your friends and traveling companions would like to learn from anyone who has had much longer time in this field, I shall absolutely reach out to them and see if they would offer their knowledge. Um... I give a very deep bow, and, um, I, 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 I say, you honor me and my party with just the offer of helping, as I know that only with practice and training could we do better to earn this sponsorship that has been given to us out of seemingly nowhere. Um, I will do my best to be worth any recommendation that you give, and I will pass along this to my party, who are probably wondering where I am at this point, unless <laughs> they are still shopping with your wife. <laughs> I'm sure they are. She likes to... Um... Show things off. It's one of her favorite pastimes. Go ahead and get going. Um, I'm sure that the sooner you get those books, the sooner you get your reward for my wife. And she does pay well. Probably better than she should. And he chuckles at that, and he motions to the... Um, to the storefront, and he turns back to the obelisk and begins to read through the names again. Um, he doesn't see, but um, I, I, I bow and uh, I very respectfully back away and start heading back into um, Moonstone Magic, so that's what as I you, did! <laughs> as you depart, please roll a quick perception check. 
natural 20. Excellent. Um, you actually catch him give a very heavy sigh, sorrowed, almost remorseful. And instinctively, you look back, and he's running his fingers along one of the names. It's a four-letter name. And he presses his forehead against the stone. She misses you, Lusk. And then he sets his hand against the stone and he pushes away. And begins to walk. I like how some of the party members in here know what you're talking about, whereas it's like, okay, alright. Um, so, okay, that gets... I take I take note of that again. I don't in, I don't interrupt. I was encouraged to leave, and I left. Uh, so the rest of you are being led around by Kieran Denorn, a very eccentric drow with beautiful lavender eyes instead of red, like the traditional drow, and she is navigating you through. Um through the storefront. She's pointing out trinkets, baubles, little things. And as she sees Heiko return after 20 or so minutes, she goes, oh! And he returns. So I shall let you go. And um, yeah, I, I shall get back to running the store. If you need anything, then please just come back, right on back and I will happily help you find whatever it is you're looking for. All right. Everybody get what they needed. Uh, yeah, not. <laughs> I didn't see anything, and whatever. I, 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 what I do is I, I cling to the back of Vel's neck. Maybe by Vel is picking up trinkets and he's looking at them. No, he's setting him down. As he's I'm walking, like, so. I'm, I'm making myself like. As close to Velik as possible, so that I don't like, touch anything. You like, in the mess of his crimson hairs, just... Basically, so I don't touch anything. Because apparently I'm cursed. <laughs> Terrible, you might choke him. No, I'm just kidding. Um... <laughs> okay. Quick, quick question. Is there, like, um, any, like, necklace or pendants, anything that has, like, pressed flowers in them, mm. like, kind of design? Roll a perception. Mm. Correction, roll an investigation. Okay. Ah, oh, that's terrible. 11. I was 15 for perception, but 11 for uh, investigation. It's not hard. She's, she's genuinely walking every few feet, showing you a couple items. So you have time to really kind of stop and peruse. But she is very excitable. And when she remembers something, she'll go, oh, oh, and then there's this, and she'll lead you forward. Um, so at one of the, the little display tables that you're brought to, um, there is a kind of long stand with several dozen hooks on them. And there are carefully coiled um, little lockets of sorts that have a leather cord and inside of them they actually have dried 
um, herbs or flowers or um, incense that is put together in these tiny little balls. They're no bigger than, say, a die 20. And they sit on these leather cords and um, they, they reach to about your collarbone uh, when worn. Before um, Heiku joins, because I know I not just like, ignore that part, um, she, Anok stopped falling and just like kind of examine the jewelry and not aware that the group moved away. And not moved away, sorry, <laughs> the Google decided to listen. Um, so she, she definitely, she's not with the group right now. She's just by herself, not aware that it, they moved away. Um, you take a moment and you, you're looking at it and it's beautiful and as Heiko returns and the rest of the party begins to kind of meander back, Kieran steps up beside you and whichever one you're eyeing, she seems to pick up on it and she carefully reaches out and lifts it off of the hook in which she gently takes your hand and sets it down, and she clasps your hand. And then she leans in very, very close, and she goes, A gift of goodwill. And she smiles, and then she quickly turns you and pushes you forward towards the rest of the group. Oh, uh, uh Please roll a d12 to determine which, um... Okay. Oh, what did you do? What did you, get? What did you do, DM? <laughs> An eight. You got the um, the locket that is filled with daffodils. <laughs> what amazing. are the odds? That's awesome. Right. Uh, right. Uh, Nox is just, like, flustered, and she's trying to turn back to her, like, uh, and trying to say, like, no, I was just looking, Can I don't need it. Just... <laughs> Very amused, just, here you go. Excellent. I shall see you hopefully soon. Excellent. Um, enjoy, and, uh, I shall see you soon. She waves you all, waves you all and proceeds to go back into the store where she gets lost amongst the crowd. That's a nice trinket. Uh, where'd you get that from? Uh, give it to me. It was on that table and she points at the, the table she was at a few moments ago. I... I should give it back, right? I, I don't have money to pay for no, it. No, no. Uh, was, was it a gift? She said a gift to Goodwill? I should give it back. There are people in this world that do and encourage being nice. So that means that she's done something nice for you. You should do something nice for the next person. Maybe when we get paid, you can give some money to somebody you've seen around the city that looks like they might need it. Keep it going. Okay. 
And she just looks kind of confused, because again, like, she's not used to people like, besides, um, hey, uh, Eiko giving her stuff, she's not used to other people giving her things, she's, or not expecting payment or anything out, either from her or anything else, so she's Money just, does make the world go round. Yes. Money's in favors, that's... <laughs> yeah, so she wasn't, she's still kind of confused, but she's pressing, pressing him and going with it. Okay, you all have joined together, and you all begin to make your descent, which does not take long. There are dozens of entrances to the Underdark Quarter, and I'm not going to make you roll. They're notorious, everyone knows. So you all make your way to the Underdark Quarter. And it doesn't take you very long. People easily lead you to the correct place. As you all find yourself standing before a very large library-like space. And as you walk in, you all quickly realize that this storefront is just ruined. There is a complete demolishing, as though someone had come through here and just ransacked the place. Half of the counter is destroyed. Many of the bookshelves that lined these massive walls and filled the space, have been toppled over. Books are everywhere. And there is not a soul here who is alive. Um, I would like to cast Detect Magic. It's got a, we have the exact same thought. <laughs> um, I mean, we both can. If this is his place, you and I could both. It's a thirty. It's within thirty feet. So I mean, I feel as though we look at each other and um, just immediately either start chanting and cast detect magic um, to see if we can locate anything that is remaining. Because um, I would assume that these um, books, even though they don't have anything written on them, would of a magical nature. You cast Detect Magic and the both of you aren't immediately blinded by the light of magic like you were expecting. But there is a haze about the space. And it takes you a long moment to realize that this haze, this fog of magical residue hangs in the air. You can't feel it when you breathe or feel it against your skin, but it's here, it's present. And it's fading. Because as the longer as this goes on, it begins to dwindle until it's just normal space. 
And I am going to follow it. If if there is a it way to... it's not like it's going anywhere. It's just genuine generally just dissipating. As though the magic has faded and now the residue is beginning to dwindle away as though it was never here. Is there a general spot of where it hit? It's almost like a cloud erupted. Like a fog began to form in the room. And it filled this chamber. And then... Dissipated with the air. Was that strange? What? What? Could, what, what could make it? It's almost like something that would either complete, uh, like a high level, dispel magic, or something destroyed magic here. Um. Turns look at the group. Uh, we don't. There's no magic here. It's dissipating. And like I look over Cassie. Right. It, it's it's dissipating. There's nothing but fog that's returning to normal. Is there supposed to be something there? Yeah. This is the Emporium. This is. You think there should be something here? You don't know. As far as where where are there supposed to be? magic everywhere but it's and as soon as she starts to lift her hands to wave she like feels like it's gone it's not here um it is at this time where you all watch as Velik just goes okay if there's no magic why don't we go in investigate the crime? And he kind of brushes through all of you into this space where he begins to pick apart things. I'd like to help him. Okay. Would you like to roll or would you like me to roll? Um, he's probably got a higher investigation than me. I only have a plus two. So. Well, the help action would give you advantage. So. Okay. Um, Either way, one of us is rolling with advantage. Well, I won't make you roll it. I can roll with advantage to see if I help him out or not. Excellent. Okay. Since I'm on Velik's shoulder, can I also assist? Um, You can make your own separate roll, but you can't really give a double advantage. That okay. doesn't exist. Dirty 20. Excellent. Because I, I rolled a 2 the first time. <laughs> um, between you and Velik, you easily make this... You pick apart this, this space. It's massive. But as you're looking, you realize that a lot of the attention was brought to the counter. And so you approach the counter, and you're looking through what remains, and the half of this counter that isn't absolutely destroyed, you find 
hidden catch. The lock has been broken open. And as you swing it open, it's empty, as you expected. And so you look, and there's a small, possibly elven child. You're not sure, but they're gripping something tightly against their chest. And as you approach to investigate them, these, this little child-like figure is gripping a package to, practically to death in its undead hold. And you can't really tell how long it's been here. You're not really looking for that. But there are four lockable books gripped in there, um, withered and dry, almost decayed bodies, or arms, not in their bodies, not inside of them, it's in their hold. I can language. Um, I'd like to look over to Knox and go, can you do me a favor? Very, very carefully, can you search ahead of us and make sure there's no traps or anything? There's, I, there's no magic. So I tech magic goes on for ten minutes. So I'm assuming that we're still not picking up any, any magic. Okay. Um, so no, make a perception check real fast, both of you. Yeah, Cass, really? come on. We're magic people. We do magic stuff. Natural nineteen. Natural nineteen. Uh, so twenty-four. So twenty-four and. Uh, eighteen. An eighteen total. 18 total. Excellent. Um, as Heiko, as you look up, there's a glow distantly in the shape and form of a couple of books over there. And then you start to see more. It was hard to notice with the haze all around you. It kind of muddled everything. But now that you're stopping and you're looking with a critical eye, there is magic here. But it's only in select books that are scattered throughout this massive collection. And the books gripped in this body's grip are just plain lockable books. The ones you presume are to be going to Kieran to be enchanted. So I would say that Cassie gets all that because she rolled higher than I did. So you get you get to see as you look up some of okay. the books. Okay. So and you were looking at the book script by the human child, or the 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 elven child who looks or really young, mm -hmm. tiny little thing. Yes. I can language. None True. of you rolled a medicine check to determine whether it's actually an elven child, so I can't tell you. Um. <laughs> well, I'm not over there to roll anything. <laughs> he so. no. point. Not I'm just- I'm just waiting. <laughs> yeah. Cassie, with your much higher roll, it's odd. As you're looking about, it's possible that a dispel magic was casted in here. Especially now that you're starting to see books begin to light up in the distance. As, ma as the magical residue fades, books are beginning to spark into view and resume their glow. 
the book, the sets of books that are gripped in this dead body's arms are not magical. They do not come back to life and show magic. But you are watching as dozens of books begin to glow. And they seem to be very carefully organized because there's some of them have slightly different glows. And you're picking this up as you're concentrating, you're studying the space around you. This was a shop that sold all kinds of magical tomes. All kinds. Because that book glows black. <laughs> I see glows everywhere and I'm about to send Knox there. You see all this shit and there's something going dark. So yeah, you kinda like peep over my shoulder and Knox is down here, down low, and it's like a she's about to creep forward and you see that shit. Um being real quick, can I um can I scan around just I don't need to move anywhere, but can I scan around to see if I see any like Thieves camps or any symbols that might possibly Roll be a symbol. Thank you. <laughs> Fifteen. Yeah. Not bad. Um, you're looking around. There is a book that catches your eye. And it doesn't look like it was placed here intentionally. It it it's haphazardly open. Some of the pages are being awfully crumpled that would surely annoy Heiko. And engraved on the top is a skull that is covered in a kind of veil. It does not have any jaw. It is just the skull itself. And the veil is iridescent and it shines from a rich, vibrant purple to a vivid crimson to the inkiest, inkiest of blacks. And then it also goes to a bit of a shimmery, almost grayish white. And it just kind of goes in and out, depending on how you look at it. And you find yourself tilting your head towards it a little bit. And you know that symbol, and you feel like you should know why you know that symbol. But you just can't place it in this moment, especially since Heiko is currently talking to you. Damn it, Heiko. Why you gotta distract everybody? I'm sorry, okay? <laughs> Um, um, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Knox. Oh, I was going to, like, ex excuse myself from, from Heiko and then go over to the book. Careful! As not, hopefully not to set off traps. And then reach out for the book. You pick it up. You're looking at it. This is a book on the history of a very old location. That is rumored to be lost. Called the Shadow Veil. And as you open the book, you begin to read. It speaks of an entire valley that is intrinsically linked by the fabric of reality to the Shadow Weave. And as you think about it, and you're studying it, the skull with the veil, oh, you know what that means. Because in Shadow Veil, their spy network 
is managed by Shadowvale, a different organization. Not the country, but their guild. Run by one Dusk. Dusk is a gloaming, which is essentially a fey creature that resides in the Underdark. She is notorious for her very chaotic nature and her allegiance to the royalty of her country. And the reason why she named her guild Shadowvale is simply because she likes to confuse people. All of the Veilers bear this symbol somewhere on their body. This book is about them and their story. And that is where we shall be leaving tonight's session off. Ooh. I love it. Um, but only one issue. Nox can't read. <laughs> so. Well, you see lots of words, and you see a face that you recognize. That's there right. There you go. That's it. <laughs> Nox can do pictures, and these can't. But reading, not great. Great. <laughs> well. So. <laughs> we'll see what you do with it next time, guys. So yeah, um, that is where we will be leaving off tonight's session. And um, I hope you all enjoyed it. This was a fun little ride. And um, it's been fun, and it's been real fun. Well, it's been real, and it's been fun, and it's been real fun. I can language, guys. I'll see you all next time. This has been an At One Adventure and an Earworm podcast. Bye, nerds. Bye, nerds. Bye. Bye. Bye.